This is the Ultimate Attorney Podcast, the podcast for small law firms who want to create a thriving legal practice. Each week, we'll uncover the ways that you can improve your referrals, your marketing, and your business operations, helping you to generate more revenue and elevating your life and your law practice. In each episode, we'll tap into some of the closest guarded secrets from industry titans, thought leaders, and legal specialists. We're glad that you've tuned in. And once again, it's time to help you become an ultimate attorney. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Ultimate Attorney Podcast. My name is Dre Redfern. And I'm Alexis Neely. And we are so glad that you're here to join us. Now, if you haven't listened to the first episode yet, you definitely want to do that because it really lays out what it means to be an ultimate attorney and why we are the right people to basically help you get there. Now, in that first lesson, we went through nine points, really nine strategical points that you can use to really craft the ultimate law practice. And today, we are diving into the place where I'm almost certain you feel like you need to start because if you heard those nine points, you might've been saying to yourself, wait a minute, that's not my life at all. I'm really far from being an ultimate attorney and now I'm feeling overwhelmed. So where do I begin to transition my law practice from where I am today to definitely not being the ultimate attorney into this ultimate attorney type of life and law practice? That's what we're going to be helping you with today. You know, you and I talked about that there's really four places, a methodology, really, for stepping into this in a way that um, will help the lawyers that are here with us to start to clarify their thinking. Because I'm just putting myself in the shoes of the lawyers that are here, remembering back to when I was there. And my lifestyle was so far from the ultimate attorney lifestyle. I had started my own practice and I didn't know what I was doing in any area. My husband was a stay-at-home dad. I had two kids under the age of five, and I thought it was going to be as simple as just, you know, hanging out my shingle, uh, getting an office, and doing some talks in the community, and then the clients would come pouring in because, of course, everybody was going to want to work with me. And not only was it not like that, but I began to wonder if I was going to have to go back and get a job because I was so stressed out trying to manage it all and trying to support my family. And so I think that's where a lot of the lawyers that want to be ultimate attorneys are. And I'm curious if you also see this with the lawyers that you've worked with over the years. Yeah, you know, it's really, it's really interesting that so many attorneys really want to build uh, this amazing practice and they have these high hopes and high expectations of what it will look like to do it. But when it really comes down to it, uh, as soon as you really start that first day on your own or you just formed your entity, uh, it becomes this huge sense of overwhelm. It's like, now what? Mm-hmm. So where do you start? How do you, you basically figure out what you want to earn? You know, how much do you want to work? These are all really important questions that really uh, can set the tone for, uh, for you know, the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years in your law practice. And I think that in this conversation today, I'm really excited to kind of go through these, uh, these questions with you, Allie. Yeah, what I, what I think is really important, and I wish somebody had given me way back in the beginning, is a methodology. A methodology for getting clear on exactly what I wanted and where to focus my energy, my attention, 
really also my time and my money. And, and I call these, these four pieces now, time, energy, attention, and money, your team resources. And we all have team resources. We all have the same 24 hours, seven days a week. We don't all have the same amount of energy, but at least we all have, you know, the amount that we have that we can be using really wisely. We've got our attention and we all have access to money. Most of us not realizing actually how much we have. And so we're taking these team resources and generally using them in ways that are not getting us what we actually want. Mostly because what I found is we just, we don't even necessarily have the clarity on, on what that is. And so there's so much of our team resources that are wasted pursuing the wrong things and focusing time, energy, and attention on things that we should be spending money on and spending money on things that we should be putting time, energy, and attention into. And so <laughs> yeah. I want to give this methodology for, to, to really get clear on exactly what you want from your life in law practice and then where to focus your time, energy, attention, and money to be able to have that. How does that sound? I think it sounds absolutely amazing. And so you want to start off with our first question, really diving into the fact of uh, establishing how much uh, do our listeners really want to earn? Yeah. And, and we're going to give you just to, to lay it out in, in advance here so that you know where we're going. We're going to give you four key questions to focus on in this methodology so that you can get clear on exactly what you want. And then what we'll do in future podcasts is we'll break these each of these questions down into significant detail. But I want you to get the overall framework today so that you could start to work with these four questions and, and maybe start to see where you aren't, aren't so clear. And, and that first one is exactly right. It's exactly what you said, Dre. It is, how much do you want to earn? How much do you want to earn? And Dre, I'm wondering if you could think back to the early days of when you were in business for yourself. Um, what what was it like? Did you like? Did you even think about this question of of how much you wanted to earn? And and if so, where did your answer come from? You know, it's so funny that you know when I first started, it was this you know high expectation where I want to do a million dollars in my first year, um, <laughs> you know, which, which sounds you know it, it is achievable. Uh, but realistically, uh, I ended up just absolutely trying to, you know, just kill myself working far too much in order to basically achieve uh, a goal that was completely just, you know, meaningless in the grand scheme of things. Uh, just to basically say that I have, uh, you know, two commas right. um, in, my, in my annual income. So it doesn't really mean anything, but it sounds cool. It's sexy. It's fun. But when my first started down this path, you know, uh, I went that way quickly to realize really two things. The first is that it's meaningless to just really just pursue a strictly income-based objective. Now, this is good to have as a metric. It's good to keep track of these things because certainly we really want to have a good idea of uh, you know, where we are, where we stand in our business. But it also really taught me the second thing that is, you know, if I really wanted to get there and I really wanted to have the, uh, the work life and home life balance that I really wanted to, then I had to create a variety of different methods to help me get there because mm -hmm. uh, working 40 hours a week could you know, help you get to $100,000 or $200,000 a year. But working 40 hours a week or 80 hours a week is not enough to take you to uh, the same million-dollar level uh, by doing what you're traditionally doing. So in order to basically, uh, you know, if you're going to use a number like a metric like that, like a million dollars a year, it's basically figuring out, great, we figured out where we want to earn. 
but how do we almost reverse engineer that uh, and create the leverage and manage our time more effect effectively and efficiently and build those teams around us that we kind of alluded to in the previous lesson to, to really break, break it down and help us get there. Absolutely. And we're going to definitely help you to do that in future podcast episodes. But one thing that you've got to be clear on as your starting point is how much do you want to earn? Not from this place of, oh, well, I want to have a seven-figure business because that's what success means. Because that's, that's, by the way, how I did it as well. Sounds like you did as well in the beginning, um, Dre. But that, that kind of thinking setting your earnings based on what success means instead of based on the life that you really want is not the recipe for the kind of success that you actually want. So I'll tell you, I'll kind of take you back to the early days of my own practice. Um, when I first went out on my own, I thought that I needed to bring in, well, well, first of all, I'll say this. Um, I traded my hours, 20 hours a month in exchange for my rent, right? Because I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't have any money. Uh, I'm, my husband uh, was stay-at-home dad. I was the breadwinner. We didn't have any money in savings and I'd given up my six-figure paycheck. So I traded the one thing that I had to be able to make rent and, you know, have a nice office and that was my time. So I knew that I at least wanted to be covering my rent and then I did want to be able to be, you know, covering some of, um, well, really all of our family expenses. I wasn't even totally clear on what those were at the time, but I figured if I could bring in 10000 dollars a month, that would do it, right? That would just get me over the six figure a year mark. Um, and with the savings I was having from being a business owner, because I was um, able to deduct so many of my expenses, uh, it felt like if I was making $10,000 a month, that that would really be it. Well, that's winning. Yeah, that's winning. Yeah, that <laughs> felt great. That was yep. like, yes, if I could just do that. Well, then I talked to another uh, attorney friend of mine who had gone out on her own um, and she was doing the same kind of work I was doing. She was doing estate planning work and she was making $25,000 a month. So I had this conversation with her and she told me she was making that. She was a few years ahead of me out on her own. And I said to myself, you know, if she can do that, I can do that. And I set that as my next goal, $25,000 a month, because if she could do it, I could do it. And that um, was the next way that I set my goal of how much I wanted to earn. And um, it kind of went from there. I kept setting, you know, these goals based on, you know, as we talked about this external idea of success. And I did, as a result, end up building a million-dollar year revenue-generating law practice. Um, the problem with it was, is that how much I needed to earn was not tied to the ultimate reality of my own internal satisfaction. So um, it's, it's a long story where it ended up taking me, it actually ended up taking me to building $2 million businesses, ending up filing bankruptcy, letting go of all of it, and then rebuilding everything from scratch and, and discovering that... Uh, Ultimately, what I really wanted to do was build nine and $10 million businesses, but not because I needed to make that much money, but because I actually did want to have these big teams. We'll take you down uh, that road in the future. But what I want to, what, the point that I want to make here for you is that if you are building vision of what you want to earn based on an external idea of what success is, 
even after you get it, like I did repeatedly, it's not going to bring you the fulfillment that you want. So that brings us to our next question, which is how much do you want to work? How much do you want to work? And uh, by looking at how much you want to work, you're going to be able to start to back into exactly how many clients you need each month and at what average fee to hit your financial goals. And so you've got to know It's almost like reverse that. engineering your, your success. So you want to figure out how much you want to earn. And if it's 100,000, 500,000, or a million, uh, yeah, backing into how many clients you need in order to make that happen. But at the same time, also really figuring out how many hours you want to work. Because, yeah. you know, we, we kind of alluded to it in the previous episode that, it's, you know, it's almost like uh, people get a pat on the back for I worked 60 hours this week, or I worked 80 hours this week. And uh, that also is, isn't necessarily a great place to be when it comes to some of the balance when it comes to life. So how much do you want to earn and how much do you want to work? Now, yep. in my life, when I started down this, uh, the path and you know, running multiple businesses and being a part of multiple teams and building teams and hiring employees and juggling a thousand different things, uh, I was in a state of complete overwhelm and mm -hmm. often. So it sounded really cool and it looked really amazing from the outside in. Uh, the people are like, wow, Dre's really juggling a lot and he's doing a lot of cool things. And he's getting written about in X, Y, and Z place or this person wants to work with him. Like those are all external, really cool ways that I use to validate uh, myself and that you know, we're, we're great to, to pick up new clients. But inevitably, that ends up to like one of two things is either just like completely uh, abandoning it and really, you know, realizing that uh, this particular lifestyle and structure is really not something that can be uh, withstood or maintained for mm. a very long amount of time. Or finally just having someone, uh, a coach or a mentor like I had, uh, and like we, we can hopefully be to you to really say, it doesn't have to be done this way. There are ways to earn what you want and to work 30, 40, or even 50 hours a week, something that's manageable and reasonable in order to attain those income goals. And we'll talk about some of the ways we can help you do that. But I think that, uh, Ali, I think you have a couple of ways that they actually have resources that they can use to help, yeah. uh, help them get there. Yeah, before I, before I share those resources with you, I wanna um, give you another little bit of an example here. Um, so, uh, when I built my practice to a million dollars a year of revenue, that, that was in my third year of my law practice. And at that point, I had a big team. And I didn't really know how to manage a team. I didn't know how to lead a team. I was kind of doing it by brute force. I thought I was a really great employer. Uh, it turns out I wasn't, but I didn't know that uh, at the time. And luckily I had some uh, people who were willing to help me see my blind spots around that. And sometimes it really wasn't pretty. We're gonna be sharing more of that with you in episodes to come when we talk about building a team. Um, but what allowed me to take back control of my schedule um, so that in my fourth year, I was still able to earn a million dollars a year of revenue, but only go into my office three to four days a week, was that I was able to bring in other attorneys who could learn my systems and processes for engaging clients and serving clients the way that we teach. I had the team to serve the clients. I could bring in these other attorneys and train them on my system for engaging clients. And then my firm could continue to bring in a million dollars a year of revenue, but now I was leveraging my systems instead of having everything be based on my own time. And that, that seemed to work pretty well for me, except then all of a sudden, 
my time um, now was being spent on managing a whole group of people, which as you heard, I, I didn't really know how to do very well. I didn't feel like I was very good at. And I often felt as if I was failing because what I really wanted to be doing was serving my community. But I had, I had basically bought myself a job as the manager of a business. And I didn't feel well prepared for that job. Today, I'm extremely well prepared for that job. I ended up buying myself that job again in my current company. Now we have a team of 20. I feel, you know, perfectly prepared to lead them. I love leading. It's, it's just really great. But this is now, you know, 10 years later. Um, and at the time, I ended up creating this job for myself that I didn't want. I didn't want a job managing a law firm. I wanted a job educating the community and serving people, serving clients. So this question of how much you want to work also needs to come along with this question of what do you want to be doing in your law practice? Do you love being the one to go out and educate your community, whether it's through networking or taking out ads and running your marketing? Or do you love being the one who meets with the clients and gets them to hire you? Um, do you love actually doing the service work? You know, do you love getting in there and drafting the documents and reviewing the contracts and you know, going to court, do you love that part of it? Or do you really love managing a team of people, being a leader and managing a team of people? And so it's really not just a question of how much do you want to work, but what is the kind of work that you want to be doing? What is the kind of work that you want to be doing? And, um, and that you're going to be doing, you know, whether it's 10, 20, 30, or 40 hours a week, what is that mix going to look like? Because when you get clear on this, you can actually have really complete control over your life and schedule, but you've got to be clear on the type of the mix of this kind of work that you want to do because it all has to happen in your law practice. Well, let's be, I mean, yeah. let's, let's be honest on that point. If you're doing something that you're not enjoying doing, uh, realistically, you're probably not going to be happy, number one. And we all find ways to slowly revert back to the stuff that we are, is either too overwhelming that we yeah. don't enjoy doing. Right. Um, and, you know, so there's, there's those aspects of every law practice. You know, it, like you said, it's the leader. It's the person who likes to get in there and draft the documents. It's, yeah. uh, it could be the manager. It could be the one who is uh, helping build the team or doing the hiring inside of the office. Mm. I mean, there are, there are literally an endless amount of roles or uh, combination of roles That's that right. could be inside of a law firm. And so it's difficult on our side to say, uh, you know, we're only going to cater to one or two or three types of people because realistically, uh, an attorney could make up of literally hundreds of these types of, of avenues. And so it's so, so important to realize, you know, what is the work inside the law firm that you really want to do? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that we're going to help establish the various ways to help you get there, help you leverage your time uh, and really double down on the stuff that you enjoy doing and then build the team around you so that mm -hmm. you can offload the type of work uh, that you don't want to be doing. Um, so you can just focus on the work that you really do love, you know, that you really do enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, it comes from this clarity. Once you have the clarity of knowing how much you want to earn, these are the first two questions. We've got two more we're going to give you, but how much you want to earn and how much do you want to work and what type of work do you want to be doing? Then we can begin to laser focus you in on the activities, how to use your team resources, your time, energy, attention, and money to get you 
to exactly where you want to go, but you've got to be really clear about where that is uh, around how much you want to earn, how much you want to work, and what is that work that you want to be doing. And we have a resource. We're going to put it in the show notes for you, a resource that I created because I needed it myself that is going to allow you to begin to map out the answers to some of these questions. And I, and I created it for myself because, my, as I mentioned, my lack of clarity around these questions drove me right into bankruptcy. Even after I, I knew how to make money, I had built million dollar businesses, but because I didn't have the clarity, I found myself on that wheel going faster and faster and faster. I had had all the success, built the million dollar businesses, written the best selling book, appeared on TV, but I had ultimately created something for myself that wasn't sustainable because of my lack of clarity. Coming out the other side, I was able to get a really clear vision of exactly what it was that I wanted and exactly what I would need to do to get there and then build the tools that would help other people, including you as lawyers, something that, uh, that, we, that, uh, that I built not just for lawyers, but for everybody, um, because I didn't want to see anybody else have to go through the experience that I went through. So now on the other side of that, using these tools that I've created, which uh, you'll be able to access, as I said, through the show notes on iTunes, um, today... I have absolute clarity. So I know that I do my law practice for a small part of my time. I only work with three clients uh, every month. It's totally virtual from my home. Um, and then I've got a whole business, you know, that this past year we did two and a half million of revenue. We've got a team of 20. We're on our way to $9 million of revenue because we want to grow our team. We want to impact more lawyers. And all of those decisions were able to be made very intentionally with clear plans and an exact knowing of where to put my time, energy, attention, and money. So I want to give you those resources that helped me so much. And um, you'll be able to look for those after the show. But before that, let's go on to this third question because it's a big one that my guess is you're not thinking too much about, or if you are, you're not thinking you have much control over it. So what's the third, the third focus question we want people thinking about here, Dre? You know, I think that this is so, so important. It's so easily overlooked. You know, it's like we talked about earlier, it's easy to know quantifiable how much time you have or how much money you want to make. But this third question is a doozy for some. And that is, how do I want to feel when I go home every night? And that's a really difficult question uh, for some people to really grasp because uh, not everyone has really thought about it. You know, it's easy for us to, to go get the right degree, to go down that path, and then to go, uh, you know, get, the, get the, the, the plaque on the wall or the degree on the wall, and then we, you know, hang our shingle, and then we set a million-dollar, you know, goal or whatever that is monetarily. But not many of us necessarily think about, you know, how do we want to feel when we go home every night? Are we doing the work that uplifts us? Are we doing the work that motivates us? Is it the stuff that uh, we are so excited to tell our friends about? Are we excited to go home and tell our uh, you know, spouse or significant other about? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, because I know so many attorneys and where they, where they basically uh, go home and it's, every day was a beating. And when the outlook is that negative and that dull and that, you know, grim, mm -hmm. um, it makes it difficult to be excited about anything around a mm -hmm. law practice. Yeah. And it's really easy to just almost just graze over that because 
there's almost this culture of this is the way that it is. It's acceptable. I just got to buckle down and put in my time. I got to make, you know, whether it's make associate or I got to make junior partner, or I got to make partner or whatever the goal may be. I just got to mm-hmm. put in my time and slog through it. Well, that's not necessarily the reality. If we can like, you know, follow some of the concepts we're going to go over with you, but how do you as an individual want to feel when you go home every night? Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is absolutely huge. And I want you to start to pay attention to how you feel at the end of the day. Do you feel energized to enjoy your family, um, uh, you know, engage in your hobbies and go to sleep, sleep really well and get up the next day and do it all over again because you really love what you do? Or by the time that you get done with work, are you just, you know, you need to just turn on Netflix or, uh, you know, something that is just going to uh, help you avoid facing the reality that you hate what you do all day? You know, having that glass or two or three of wine um, in order to relax because you were so stressed out all day, or maybe even feeling like, you know, you spent your entire day not accomplishing anything at all, just reacting, 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 or maybe even, you know, dealing with opposing counsel or clients that you just can't stand. So however it is right now, if it is not the way you want it to be, I promise you it can be different. It can absolutely be different. The, the lawyers that we are working with um, are energized by their practice. When they go home at night, they know that they have provided the best possible service for their clients. They feel great about the work they did. They had full control over their schedule for the entire day. Um, if they got derailed at all, it was for a quick thing that they weren't anticipating, but it certainly didn't absorb their whole day. And they are you know, they have time to exercise, they have uh, time to spend time with friends and family, do homework with their kids, and go to sleep at a reasonable hour and get up the next day and excited for what they do. So I just want you to pay attention to how do you feel when you go home every night. Allie, you mentioned so many things right there that I'm sure the people who are listening may just be like, that doesn't even sound uh, anything like my day. And that's yeah. the that's the conversation that I personally hear far, far, far too often, you know, from this legal community. Mm-hmm. The, the ABA produced some stats uh, you know, last year that roughly one third of attorneys now are abusing alcohol. Like you said, those mm-hmm. two or three drinks every night just to yeah. just to you know cope with the stress mm-hmm. of the day. And that's not a place that we want anyone who's yeah. listening here to be. Yeah. Now, I, I think that that being said, it's, it's really worth an introspective look to go through some of the stuff that we've talked about, some of those really, those, those bullet points that Allie mentioned to really figure out what does it look like for you when you want to go home every night? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are you really being the kind of person that you want to be in your day-to-day life? And if, if not, if not, don't beat yourself up. Um, know that you're here because help is on the way. We're here because we want it to be different for you and we know that it can be. Um, So let's move in now then to the last of the four questions that are going to provide this methodology for lawyers to get clear on exactly what they want, which is, go ahead, Dre, let us know. What is the vision for your life? Mm -hmm. Now, this one cost me probably several hundred thousand dollars 
uh, about two to three years of wasted time and productivity mm-hmm. and a, a seven-year relationship that went down the tubes mm. because you know, in my life, I thought I had everything planned out. You know, just like many attorneys, it was um, I had to get the degree and then I had to get the job. I had to make the income. I had to have the family. I had to do all of those things. I had to go down my little checkbox and check each little one off. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, I couldn't do it that way. I had, you know, had this uh, vision for my life, but I was absolutely consumed by work. And it was great because I had that notoriety and things were really going well, like I talked about earlier. But from the outside in, it looked great. But realistically, on the inside, my whole life was falling apart. Mm. Uh, I had a seven-year relationship that went by the wayside. Uh, Mm. I was on the verge of bankruptcy with over half a million dollars in credit card debt, which if you didn't know, I didn't even know that that was possible (laughs) before that happened. $500,000 in debt, just credit card debt. And Yeah, I actually think in a way, Dre, that's something to be proud of in that you really (laughs) knew how to leverage credit resources. It didn't feel good, I'm sure, at the time. I also had over $500,000 of debt at the end of the day, not all of it, credit card debt. But yeah, it's a scary place to be, right? It is so overwhelming. Yeah. And so when I finally had the right coach and mentor that stepped into my life, uh, everything changed. And it basically, uh, he helped to redefine what the vision was for my life. So I could have success. Uh, I could, you know, uh, earn a seven-figure income. I could work 30 to 40 hours a week. Um, and I could really feel great when I went home. And I could do it following uh, basically a simple protocol that we're going to go over with you over the coming episodes. Yeah. Um, and this isn't like lip service. This isn't hyperbole. This is stuff that both Allie and I have actually lived. Like we've mm-hmm. had the financial troubles. We've hung up our shingle. We've had the, the ups and downs. We've made money. We've lost money. We've made money again. Mm-hmm. And we really want to share different differing sides of expertise what it basically can help you do to get there mm-hmm. but this was an absolute game changer for me when i actually figured out what was the vision for my life and the vision was simply this it was i want to work 30 to 40 hours per week i want to have a high six figure or seven figure income i want to be able to attend every ballet recital mm-hmm. basketball game or every other sporting event that my 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 daughter would be involved in mm-hmm. and really be there to be present and be a good role model and a good husband for my family. Now, mm-hmm. you can't put a price tag on those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, those are the moments you can't actually replace. Because I'm pretty sure that there's a ton of attorneys out there that when they pack their box up on the last day of work, mm-hmm. that they're not really going to look back and say, I really wish I filed that briefing differently. Or <laughs> I really wish I, you know, I worked more hours. Those are things that are really not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that by looking in this introspective angle of what really is the vision for your life and how well are you living that uh, could be a complete game changer for a lot of our listeners. Absolutely. And I love the vision for your life, Dre, and how, you know, it sounds like you really went from those external signs of validation and success to the internal ones that would really matter to you and your family. And for me, when I got really clear about the vision for my life, what I saw is that I wanted to wake up every day knowing that I was making a difference for people that I was working with and that I had grown myself into being the best person that I could be and that I no longer had these feelings of guilt or shame that maybe I wasn't doing that. Like that I would have this deep down good knowing feeling that I was 
being who I was meant to be. And on the kind of family front, um, I had a vision of being able to co-parent my kids uh, with their dad who, um, you know, he was the man that I married at 20. So our relationship didn't last from the romantic perspective, but I knew it could last from a friendship and co-parenting perspective. And it has. Um, We are co-parents and in fact, even roommates today, which is kind of unusual. Um, And um, and that my kids would really like me, Um, which, you know, if you've got teenagers, you know that that can be a big feat and uh, it actually requires a lot of attention and presence. And so, what I'm, what I'm really happy to say is that through all of the ups and downs of the financial pieces, I was able to attain that life vision for myself, which is part of what's making it even possible for us, Dre, to be doing this podcast right now. You know, this is a give back. Um, the Ultimate Attorney Podcast is something that I wouldn't be able to do if I was constantly focused on where's my next new client coming from and how am I going to pay the bills and how am I going to be able to build a team and same for you. We're able to do this kind of thing, which is a give back to the community and I think which feels really great for both of us because we knew exactly how much we wanted to earn and when it would be enough. We knew exactly how much we wanted to work and the kind of work we would be doing and we knew how we wanted to feel when we went home each night, putting this in the context of a bigger life vision so that when those pieces were met, we could say, okay, now, how can I start to give back from this place? And I think that's what led us here to be, you know, to come together and be able to serve the ultimate attorney community in this way. You're 100% right. And you know, we're, we're not monetizing this. There are no advertisers. There's no sponsors. There's nothing like that. It is literally just a way for us to give back. And, mm-hmm. and I think the other side of it is really just the fact that you and I are both staying congruent with who we are mm-hmm. uh, and the businesses and the life that we want to lead. And, and obviously, a large component of that uh, is giving back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe there will be advertisers or sponsors of the future. We can't promise that there won't be. Who knows where exactly. this will want to go. But, um, but for right now, it is. It's starting off as this give back, which we're able to do. And I know, I know that you went to law school, or at least I believe that you went to law school because you really want to help people. You really want to make a difference in their lives. And that might mean that you're giving away too many of your services pro bono. That might mean that you're discounting your services too much. And as a result, you're working too much and you've created something that is unsustainable for you, for your life. And so I just want to let you know that there is light at the end of the tunnel here. When you get clear on how much you want to earn, how much you want to work, what is the work you actually want to be doing in the office, and how you want to feel when you go home every night and you have this vision of your life, we're going to be able to help you to get there to be the ultimate attorney so that you can give back in a way that is sustainable so that you're not giving back in a way that is draining you, that is draining your life. I had a a client um, email me just the other day. And she said uh, that she started off in her practice doing family law. She really didn't like it. uh, So she ended up going into legal aid which she loved, except she was working way too much. And she told me that at one point she spent 30 hours in a row at her desk. That is some serious commitment. I don't even know how that's possible. That's an insane commitment. It's ridiculous. Yeah, totally ridiculous. But, you know, commitment, right? Like this is a woman who really wants to be able to give back and make a difference. And 
Um, she came into our programs and learned how to do estate planning from us in a new way. And what she was able to see through that is that she could have a law practice that she loves, serving clients, bringing families together, making good money doing it, commanding the kinds of fees that she couldn't get when she was in legal aid. And maybe she could get when she was in family law, but she didn't want to have to do what she needed to do to get them and, um, and have this great life. And then she can use the excess time and energy that she has to give back in ways that are more sustainable. And so that's the kind of thing that we're talking about here, but it has to start with that clarity. And so that's the first thing for you to become an ultimate attorney. It's to really get clear on how much you want to earn now, we're going to dive deep into that in episode three. That's our next episode, helping you see how you can shift from hourly fees, if you're still doing hourly, billing in six-minute increments, which nobody likes to do, and you might not even be sending out invoices because it costs you more to set up the invoice and send it out, then you're even going to collect on it, into packaging your legal services in an entirely new way that you and your clients will both love. And it will allow you to have the consistent, predictable cash flow that allow you to then step into working the kind of schedule you want, working the kind of work that you want in your office, feeling great when you go home at night, and really being able to step into the vision for your life. So come back next week with episode three. It's going to be all about money, and we're going to help you get to that number that you've gotten clarity about after today. How much do you want to earn? We'll see you back here for the next episode. Hey guys and gals, as you heard in the episode, the key to overcoming overwhelm is to start with a clear vision of exactly what you want for your law practice and what it takes to get there. So go on over to ultimateattorneypodcast.com and we've got a mini money map tool made just for you as a lawyer that will guide you to take back your time and get super clear about how much money you need, how much time you have to create it, and how to create pricing and packaging for your services that allows you to create a life and practice you absolutely love. So head on over to ultimateattorneypodcast.com right now, and you'll be able to download the mini money map tool just for lawyers like you who want to be the ultimate attorney.